Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a formerly bi-coastal book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Skorstad. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. Before we jump into today's episode, we want to give a little context as to what's been going on in our lives. Uh, We started this podcast all the way back in January of 2021, and now it's just about November when this episode is being published. Uh, We actually had recorded five or so episodes of this podcast, but only ended up publishing the two that we have had up for a variety of reasons. And then life got extremely busy for us. Uh, You know, Sammy and I were both finishing up semesters. I moved across the country again, and there was a job shuffle at some point. And scheduling a recording time in general just became pretty much impossible. Uh, If we thought 2020 was a mess, 2021 had even more surprises in store for us, at least. With all that being said, neither of us stopped reading during our unintended hiatus. Think of this episode as a revival of sorts and a reading recap. The two of us have read a lot of books since the last time we recorded together, but no reading craze that either of us took part in compares to that of the cartoon cover romance novels of the summer. The book of the moment for today's episode is It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. Like the other cartoon cover romance novels, has been plastered all over every single social media site since its release, essentially, which is one of the biggest reasons we've decided to discuss it at length in today's episode. That and the fact that the book is steamy in all of the best ways. Uh, And I feel like we haven't discussed as much smut lately. We should definitely discuss smut more often. Hardcover hose after hours. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll have my people call your people. Anyways... The author of It Happened One Summer, Tessa Bailey, lives on Long Island, New York, with her husband and daughter, writing all day and rewarding herself with a cheese plate and Netflix binge in the evening. Bailey says she aspires to three things, writing hot and unforgettable character-driven romance, being a good mother, and eventually sneaking onto the judging panel of a reality show baking competition. If you want a sexy, heartfelt, humorous romance with a guaranteed happy ending, you've come to the right place. Cheers to that. Uh, Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding the book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Piper Bellinger is fashionable, influential, and her reputation as a wild child means the paparazzi are constantly on her heels. When too much champagne and an out-of-control rooftop party leads Piper in the slammer, her stepfather decides enough is enough, so he cuts her off and sends Piper and her sisters to learn some responsibility running their late father's dive bar in Washington. Piper hasn't even been in Westport for five minutes when she meets big, bearded sea captain Brendan, who thinks she won't last a week outside of Beverly Hills. So what if Piper can't do math and the idea of sleeping in a shabby apartment with bunk beds gives her the hives? How bad could it really be? She's determined to show her stepfather and the hot, grumpy local that she's more than a pretty face. Except it's a small town, and everywhere she turns, she bumps into Brendan. The fun-loving socialite and the gruff fisherman are polar opposites, but there's an undeniable attraction simmering between them. Piper doesn't want any distractions, especially feelings for a man who sails off into the sunset for weeks at a time. L.A. is calling her name, but Brendan and this town full of memories may have already caught her heart. Without further ado, let's get into it. 
disclosure for everybody listening, we were trying a thing where we didn't have the book until recording, which is hard for us because we usually mm-hmm. talk to each other while we're reading. Um, mm-hmm. And then we recorded an amazing episode yesterday of which we lost the entire audio file for. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so, a bummer. <laughs> it was a huge bummer because it was a really good episode. So though we kind of already know some feelings, I hope that we're going to get some other perspectives that maybe we didn't think about yesterday. Um, yes. I'm going to lean on Sammy for that one because my brain goes to mush the second we start recording. <laughs> And mine doesn't? What are you expecting of me? I don't know. That maybe okay. you had an epiphany overnight about the book. I started reading another book. So if I even oh, remember God. what happened, it, it happened one summer, then that'll be amazing on my okay. end. <laughs> okay. I, I, I know where I want to start. I want to start okay. with just a general, let's talk cartoon cover books from the summer. Let's... Okay. Um, one thing we did forget to discuss in yesterday's recording was mm-hmm. the love hypothesis, which I think yes. was probably one of my favorite um, cartoon cover reads. <laughs> Everyone has been talking about the love hypothesis. And, oh my god, I am obsessed. I love, I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, I think I have not had a feeling like the way the love hypothesis made me feel in a really long Mm time. I read pretty quickly as is, but when I picked up the love hypothesis, I could not put it down. Like, and it's not like the most beautiful piece of literature. No, it's not. (laughs) It's really not. But I'm sorry, I'm totally laughing at your like 12 year old boy voice. Sorry, (laughs) the cracks. (laughs) no it's not (laughs) um yeah it's not the most beautifully well-written book ever but it was so much fun and Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of what people were looking for this summer obviously the the romance genre in general has everybody's got to have a happy a happy ever after right Mm -hmm. right and that's that's like the key point you know it's gonna end there but I think that not every cartoon cover that was published this summer or that got popularized this summer was as much fun as the love hypothesis. Mm-hmm. I just like, oh, I, it just filled me with joy and I didn't want it to end. I think the fake dating trope is it's just so like, it's so fun. I love it. And like, you know what's going to happen every single time. You know, I mean, honestly, getting into any romance novel ever it's like (laughs) oh they hate each other like frenemies or enemies to lovers or anything like that it's like you know what's gonna happen but like just watching it unfold and also I've been obsessed with Adam Driver (laughs) for quite some time and for those who don't know this is a Raylo fanfic so from the newer um, Star Wars movies um, Kylo Ren and Rey Skywalker? She's a Skywalker. No, she's not. Yeah, she's kind of a Skywalker. But um, yeah, so that was fantastic. And his character in the book is named Adam, too. So it was very, very easy to actually picture Adam Driver as Adam Carlson. Prior to reading The Love Hypothesis, I saw 
the attraction. I, I, I got it. Mm-hmm. After reading the love hypothesis, <laughs> I was like, I'm a full Adam Driver stan. Like, I yeah. stan. I send me those. Uh, what was the what was the magazine he recently did a shoot for where he's sitting on top of a oh, horse at the GQ? ocean? <laughs> I think it was, was GQ. It G- I was yeah. like, send me that magazine right now. Like, yeah, I fully did you loved it. Did you know? Okay, slight like bridge to something else but the same thing happened to me this is how I got into liking One Direction and Harry Styles <laughs> I was out of Justin Bieber fanfics and I read a Harry Styles fanfic and then I was like oh shit I'm in love with Harry Styles now and that's how it's it a trend it's a trend it, it ha- that's how it every goes. every seven or eight years <laughs> 10 <laughs> years perhaps yeah there's, there's a new one that cycles in through yeah. fanfiction I love that um, aside from Love Hypothesis, I think another book, another couple of books this summer that gave me that same, not quite as good hypothesis, but mm-hmm. gave me that same, I am so enjoying this story, I can't put it down, were mm-hmm. Beach Read, which you hyped up yes. a lot because you read it like a day before me. And then People We Meet on Vacation, which I read like a day before you. Uh, right. I just, this cartoon cover thing is so good. Like, mm-hmm. I know romance novels are good. Like, I've always loved romance. But there is something about this undeniably fun, unrealistic kind of plot line oh, yeah. at, at most times. But it just makes you smile the whole time. Yep, exactly. I So I personally liked Beach Read more than People We Meet on Vacation. Because I think I was just very, very attracted to the character of Augustus Everett. Mm-hmm. Um I love that he was he had a chip on his shoulder, you know, um, a writer. I loved that shit. Um, but I think what I love most about the cartoon character things is there's always the spice in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I love on like on book talk, you got the book t- like the people reviewing books or recommendations or whatever, and they do the like the chili pepper. Levels, the spice count yeah the spice count and i look they look like you can buy these books in public and walk like read them in public and nobody knows what yeah. you're reading you don't know they like there's no give away of like you are reading porn yeah. you know <laughs> right like, yeah yeah and i love it it's like because like other romance novels you've got the it's like very obvious there's a six pack and there's a woman draped over this burly looking man and you're like, okay, that's porn, you know, yeah. but this is, you can read it so inconspicuously and it's, I love it. Like, let yeah. us, let the girls, gays and theys have their moment with <laughs> these cartoon character novels. I love it. Today's episode has been sponsored by the girls, gays and theys. <laughs> um, so I, I bought a, I bought a kindle over the summer wow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the you know you can buy it without ads or you can buy it with ads and i was like why am i spend an extra 20 bucks to get no ads i feel like it's not going to bother me that much so i got it and when Mm -hmm. i got it the second i turned it on and then i like i had to do something else so i couldn't complete setting it up i like put it on its sleep mode or whatever it's like normal state is when you're not reading it and mm-hmm. the ad that covers the screen as the screensaver was like some raunchy looking romance. 
with like with like daddy's little slut as like the tagline <laughs> or something like that and I was like oh I cannot take my Kindle into work and read a book if this is going to be the screensaver every time. Not I that you should be quickly. Not that you should be reading a book at work, anyways. But no, but like on my break. But okay, like on my okay, break. Or- we both know you don't. You read throughout the day, but yes, continue uh, for legal. No, because um, <laughs> that was the I've ever paid to remove ads from anything. I'm dead. That's amazing. It's really funny. It's really funny. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen – I'm sure you've seen some of these on BookTok, but there are BookTok creators where they'll do, like, a – okay, story time. And then they, they like, mm-hmm. do the plot of the book like it's something that happened to them. And then at the end, they're mm-hmm. like, and you should read blah, 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 blah. And it was like, oh, shit, now I have to read that. And yes. so it's like I – even if I don't read the exact blurb, like, on the back of the book – I usually go into a book knowing of what it's about a little bit just because the recommendations I do take, the people do kind of go into what it's about, if that makes sense. That's fair. Just got carried away with when we we joined Book Talk probably last October, November before right. we really were doing any podcasting or anything like that. Not that we <laughs> continued doing the podcasting over the last <laughs> nine months. Two episodes in. <laughs> Sorry to all of our 1,200 listeners, apparently, that we have that have only friends <laughs> for Sorry. the last nine months. Sorry about that. We're back, hopefully. Um, once we joined Book Talk, I just, I was like, pretty cover purchase. Mm-hmm. That And that's conti- how, like, how I've continued to be. <laughs> Well, after our recording was so rudely interrupted while I was trying to speak of the Holy Trinity of, what was I even calling it? The, scriptures. the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures of Book Talk, which are like Akatar, mm-hmm. Shadow and Bone from Blood and Ash, etc. I also right. think Song of Achilles is, is in there as well. I think it's coming up on a time where I need to reread that book. Yeah, it's almost been a year. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon we're we're due for a reread, and it won't re-read. be. Yeah, and it won't be quite so emotionally destructive because I know the ending. Yeah, wait. Who do you want to know? Do you want to know a secret? I don't think I ever told you this. Did you look up the ending? I did. I specifically told you not to look up the ending. Too. I know. <laughs> I know. I think it destroyed you so badly. It really did. I was. Sobbing. I was like. Well, I'm very much a spoiler person. Like, I had to look up the ending of Squid Game because I was getting so stressed out. And I was like, (laughs) I need to know what happens before it happens so that I'm prepared. I think I I was, like, rules were such an ingrained thing when I was a kid Mm -hmm. that I just refuse. (laughs) Like, somebody's going to punish me if I look things up. (laughs) I'm on Reality Steve as soon as there's... Oh, me too. Okay. That's that's the one thing I like to look up because... When it comes to things like like The Bachelor, like uh, reality TV shows that have a winner, mm-hmm. I'm like, what if I decide I d- I'm too bored to watch the whole show, but I just want to know who wins? That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Back to <laughs> anyways. <laughs> back um, to the topic. Yeah, I no longer read book descriptions for that reason, and I think that's how I found some of like the best series and books and stuff. So did you like? I mean, the thing is though. With Akatar specifically, because you just recently read Akatar. Yeah, I read it finally. in September. Mm-hmm. All but of it how, in one month. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, but how many? Like, did you get any spoilers from Book Talk, or did no. you just like? Okay, that's impressive. Yeah. So my thing is, if there is a book on my TBR 
or a title I've heard that I might in the future add to my TBR, if I see any piece of media that hints at it, I will not look at it because I, if I get spoiled, I'm less likely to want to read it, I think is my thing. I'm almost done with the last book in the Grishaverse and I had seen character names prior to reading the rest of Shadow and Bone because there was a time when I was like, maybe I'll never read it. Sorry, Shadow and Bone. I apologize for that. I like the rest of it now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, maybe I'll never get back into it. So when I would see character names, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know who that is. Like, for, there's a character named Nikolai, for example. And I've, I didn't know that he was from that series, though. Right. Okay. So then when I saw his name in the book, I was like, this is Nikolai? Oh, my God. But I don't, I don't necessarily like being spoiled like that. But I like a little surprise. For example, like in, in It Ends With Us, I thought there was, like, like more mental illness side to it. I mm-hmm. didn't know what it was really about. Domestic because, violence? Yeah, because I I thought I saw a spoiler for it, but I didn't remember correctly. So then when I was reading the book, I was waiting for more, like, deep, disturbed mental illness stuff. And I was like, when is that coming, you know? I think that's in Verity, from what I've gathered. I have no idea, but okay. I that's, that's why I don't like spoilers for anything, because I'll be looking for it the whole time in the book. Okay. I think sure. that's my thing. Before we move on to discuss It Happened One Summer, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Unfortunately, because this is our second time around recording this, I do know your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> on the book. Yeah. Um, and I know yours. Yes. <laughs> yes. But let's let's pretend we don't. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> for the sake of authenticity. Uh, <laughs> is it though? Okay. No, it's not. We're fake. We're sorry. <laughs> okay. Continue. We tried. Um, so Piper. I just want to start by saying Piper's character in the beginning of the book is like the definition. I know we don't do girl hate here, right? We are girl supporting girls. But I just have a thing against influencers who like can't fend for themselves in the real world Mm -hmm. or like expect everything to come to them because they have a few followers on Instagram, right? I just hate it. It just, oh, it just irks me. Okay. So when Piper's character was initially introduced, I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this book. I can feel it. If this mm-hmm. is how it's going to be, I'm going to hate this book because I did not like her in the first few pages. But she immediately picked up speed for me by like the time she gets when she's locked up in the jail cell and she's really nice to the guard. Yeah. And she like remembers the guard's name and stuff like that. I was like, okay, you're not a horrible person, perhaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she just got better from there. And by the end of the novel, I was like, I love this girl so much, which is why it very much disappointed me that she fell in love with Brendan because I did not like him. (laughs) She's inspired by um, Alexis Rose, the character from Schitt's Creek. And there were so many parallels. I because like I love that show. And at first you hate her and you hate everyone in that godforsaken family. 
but they grow on you so quickly because they get transported to the small town, which is the same, same thing as the book. And they have to figure out how they fit in. They've been completely ripped from their lifestyle. And it's like, okay, how do I learn how to support myself? How do I make friends with people that I'm usually not friends with? You know, the type of people like small town folks. Um, and Alexis Rhodes did that too in the show where like she made people feel special and she was like good with people. I mean, I think that um, Piper did it quite a bit more in the book, mm-hmm. um, which was really enjoyable to see. Like I love how she connected with everyone from Abe to Opal to, I mean, I, I hate that I liked Brendan but it's okay i'm the unpopular opinion everybody likes brendan but me i know okay 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 but like literally after talking about it yesterday and i literally like reflected on the fact that i liked brendan and i was like wow that's really sad for me like the feminist in me is really sad that i enjoyed brendan he just bugged me man yeah (laughs) it's just not my cup of tea and I think that in most of the books we've read recently like you can like the love interest pretty easily in a romance novel because it's written by women it's men written by women Mm -hmm. so usually they're likable but for me just and I like Tessa Bailey thus far from this first book I read um shout out to Tessa Bailey who is not one of our listeners but very well could be Mm -hmm. um but Brendan was just not my cup of tea at all he was too masculine hyper masculine yeah Yeah. he was he was way too like i'm the man so i build have to do the man stuff and women can't do anything but the women stuff like the first one of the first things he says like in a conversation with piper first of all he the thing i didn't like i'm gonna jump around a bunch about the things i don't like about brendan but the thing i didn't like about him was in an enemies to lovers rivals to lovers kind of start that most books have usually at least when it comes to the enemies, they feel like they are equals. If yeah. that makes sense, like they're rivals almost because they have a respect. There. Yes. Exactly. Because they have a respect for each other. I felt like Brendan looked down on Piper, like nobody's business. And That's to fair. me, I was like, he already sees her as inferior, which means he sees her as trying to climb up a ladder the whole novel which is kind of true to some degree mm-hmm. he didn't think she would last a night and then he sees her and she can't cook right when she's at the grocery store she doesn't know what to do judging the shit out of her and then mm-hmm. one of the first things like she's like have you ever had a woman on your boat and he was like i don't want to sink or something like that yeah i was like i was like oh, okay so you're a sexist dick cool mm-hmm. cool not a fan. Also, I can just feel he's a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I feel? Hmm. He doesn't vote. Oh, you're right. Oh, he's, you're so right. He does not vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But if he did, it would be Republican. Yeah. He's a, Okay, he's but a, what are the odds that Piper is also Republican? Probably pretty high. Yeah. She likes so, money. Yeah. So... Plus, okay, can we talk about the fact that he was just, like, also rich? Like, yeah, she went, I mean, I 
I knew that like those crab fishermen they make big money because it's really dangerous Mm -hmm. but then like just just casually slip in like oh yeah I'm like a millionaire kind of you know yeah it was just like oh okay so she went from money to money on accident that's true that's true yeah but I like that she wasn't like I know part of Brendan's pause the whole time was him thinking that he wouldn't quite measure up to what Piper is used to back in Beverly Hills. And I think that another thing I liked about Piper was that she never fucking once mentioned it. Never once. She did not care. Didn't give a fuck about like his money or whatever. The only time she ever talked about money passed when she starts living in West Point. It was called West Point, right? Westport. Westport, West Point. Westport, whatever, Washington, right? She, like, the only time she talks about money after that point is when she's talking <laughs> about her budgets. Yeah. And, like, buying groceries or, like, not being able to eat out every night. Right. And that, to me, I was like, okay, I like you. Like- and <laughs> and how she was redoing the bar on yes. a budget. Yes. And, yeah. and herself. Yeah. I loved, like... The, the like, next thing that made me love Piper in the book is, like, how she lives in this little apartment on top of the bar now. And it's disgusting. But the first thing her and her ritual sister do is deep clean that shit themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't go looking for a cleaner. They didn't go, like, who can we pay to clean out this space or whatever. They were, like, we're going to get down and dirty and make this place more hygienic. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I... I also enjoyed that. I loved – I okay, so my thoughts on Brendan and Piper's relationship. Um, she – I think the – okay, so she – yes, she did – she had the whole, like, okay, she learned she can take care of herself type thing. Mm-hmm. But she was also written as a more stereotypically feminine character, mm-hmm. like her strengths in – like, taking care of other people and, you know, like, with Abe and Opal and helping other people and stuff. It's, like, so where he was written as a masculine character, she was also written as pretty feminine yeah, character, you know? So it's, like, they did both. So it's mm, where I have my, like, that's not, I don't think how I act in person. It's, like, okay, with anything with romance novels, it's, like, I think a lot of people can read things in romance novels and stuff and be like, okay, that's enjoyable. I enjoyed reading that. I enjoyed reading those characters. Even if I would not act like that or would not like that behavior in person. And that's kind of how I felt too with like, she was kind of like, especially with the, um, like, the sexual dynamic they had was yeah. very him in control, all that. Like, it, even in the relationship, it was very, like, I mean, but also he was always trying to please her. And that, that was also an aspect yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But it was, there was a bit of that power dynamic. And, um, and that's kind of where I'm like, ooh, why did I like reading this so much? Because I would cringe so hard at that shit in person and I would not be okay if my boyfriend tried to play that shit with me, you know? <laughs> I think yeah. Tessa Bailey was leaning too much into the fact that Brendan's a sea captain. 
So yeah. he takes that captain persona any, everywhere. And I think right. one of the ways that we saw this too that I also didn't like is when uh, Piper and Hannah run out of their apartment with the pan that's on fire from the cloth. Right. Oh, yeah. And, I did not like this. And Brendan yells at her. He's like, this is what we do. This is what we have to do when blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Life's you're not on a line. boat. Yeah. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, dude. Don't ever <laughs> yell. Don't ever raise your voice. Mm-hmm. Like this. It, you have nothing to do with this situation. Yeah. She just ran outside. That didn't mean you had to go play the hero. Yeah. And be the manly man who saves the day and all that shit. Shut the fuck up. She would have put it out. Probably. Did you also catch the whole like dibs thing he did with um, yeah, Fox. Fox? He was like, mm-hmm. don't go get, like, don't go near Piper, the older sister or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we don't we don't like the whole playing dibs idea. Yeah. Thing. like we know what happens but i don't want to hear it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> nobody wants to hear it like that's that's not something we like <laughs> no very much claiming without yeah. her input whatsoever at all yeah yeah and i think my other issue i mean i have a lot of issues obviously <laughs> with Brendan. the list isn't gonna stop anytime soon but one of the main issues i had was i'm okay with second chance romance but i hate previously married widowed romance yeah because to me it just makes me feel icky (laughs) it's too psychologically complex yeah to throw in like yeah like i think in like a much like deeper piece of like novel like a novel or literature or something where you can go into the complex emotions of especially like the first romance after being mm-hmm. widowed or yeah. becoming a widower it's like that would be tough as shit and yeah. they just kind of wrote it off by it was like oh i didn't actually love like or like i loved her my first wife but like it was like convenience it was like a marriage of convenience and it was like oh shit that feels icky that Super feels wrong icky. yeah because also brendan's character is this strong driven like thinks for himself and for everybody else character so you're telling me he would marry someone he didn't really love. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't add up to me. His character does not add up with, like, someone, like, him marrying someone he didn't really love. I mean, I think it was kind of the duty and the honor aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, but because- still, he's so, like, like yeah. I choose everything that I do deliberately. Here's my routine. I think he was, like, a part of that was, okay, small town, and that was the best option available. Which is icky. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is super icky. icky. <laughs> and so the idea was like the outsider came in and it was like, oh, okay, this is like better than anything I have access to right now. Which is extra icky. Yeah. <laughs> I just hated that. Like it, it, I would have just preferred if instead of having him have been widowed, I would have preferred he like had gotten a divorce or something seven and years she- ago and hadn't been married since or something. I would have liked she left him because it was too hard for sure. to watch him go out to sea or whatever. And he like, that was really hard on him yeah. and having trust with that or something like that. Anything like, but widowed for me yeah, would work that's fair. because it just made, like you said, there's, there would have been such a hard internal battle in Brendan's mind having his first romance in seven years since his dead wife 
And instead, he was like this primal animal who yeah. couldn't get enough and wanted to like do unspeakable things to Piper in a like, hospital room. Oh, that also gave me the ick. Okay, yeah. there's so many things also about Brandon that gave me the ick. One of them, <laughs> one of right. them in their first sex scene, right? The first muddy bit of the book, he calls her baby, and they had yeah. only kissed <laughs> once prior to this. Not to mention all of the honey stuff. Honey, I hated. Honey, I hated. Because he started as a condescending honey and then tried to make it romantic and you've automatically lost me. (laughs) Like, it doesn't work like that. I just, it gave me such an ick the first time he said baby. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's such an intimate between partners thing. And they were not exclusive at that point Mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> they were that was technically their first date, right? Right. <laughs> like, I he just gave me the ick with so many things, and like you said, the dirty this, talk. Oh, oh my god, the dirty talk, but also the thing. the sex scene at the hospital room. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. One that's disrespectful to your friend, right? Mm-hmm. Two, disrespectful to every fucking person in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. <laughs> and gross, it gross, icky, just bad. <laughs> And, okay, that's another part of, like, okay, the romance novels of this this type of describing this passion where anywhere, anytime, it doesn't matter about surroundings. Like, I just have to have you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, I don't, maybe <laughs> that's just me, but that does not happen in real life. No. And, again, it's fun to read, but I could never, I don't think I could ever get horny enough in a hospital. <laughs> we have too much anxiety for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like environment matters a little too much possibly like yeah, maybe sorry i don't want people dying next to me yeah right or thinking about the fact that people had died in that room yeah like mm, no i don't think bedpans so. everywhere <clears throat> you know it's just yeah. not the sexy place that i think you thought it was no. no okay one thing i do want to get into a little bit was yeah i would get a little icked out a bit so there's it's dual pov so you know it's going through both of their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, Piper was – she had her guard up. Yeah. She was like, I don't want to start something serious. I want to go back to L.A. Um, so I want this to just be about sex. And he would not take no for an answer about that. Like he was like, I know what you're trying to do. We are – like there's, there's more than just sex here. I do mm-hmm. care about you. Um, and because we know both of – like she actually does want something more – even though she's saying she doesn't, I had a hard time with like, mm, no, you listen to the words she's saying, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, it. And he just kept pushing. His persistence was a little like, no, if you like respect her, respect what she's saying. Like, and so it was like it was walking. It was teetering on the line of like, that's too much. Like you're being a little too persistent because she is saying what she wants and you're not listening i think one of the biggest things that at least you and i really like in a romance novel is when the love interest has respect for the the main character in a way where they're like our connection i can feel so when you are ready come to me right right like whereas he did not give up and was like 
move in with me. Like, yes, ah, go pack your shit. Ick. No, this was my other ick. The other shoe yeah. dropped in this moment when he said, you and Hannah can come move in with me, whatever. They were only together for four weeks. Can we talk about point. how Hannah was the one who volunteered it? She volunteered to go. She volunteered. No, she was like, okay, so that you, so that Piper doesn't feel bad, like a bad sister. I assume you have a guest bedroom. Why don't we go there? No, she was like, I'll come too. Not like, because she, she wanted to, at first I thought it was, they were just talking like tonight, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like one night thing. But when I realized that they were implying that they would all live there, I was like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever read. And I know romance novels are unrealistic. And, like, insta-love is something I'm not super into. I like mm-hmm. the pining and stuff like that. It feels good. but mm-hmm. <laughs> feels bad, but feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this, like, red flag. <laughs> he made, it was that, like, go pack. Go I pack. know they had three months. And they could have let us have at least two months before the, like, maybe you can both stay here. Sometimes. Not let's move in together. Yeah, this, the whole book, like, that's one thing, too, is, like, it moved so fast when we were given a three-month time, like, we were given the three-month timeline, but it all happened within, like, a month and a half. Which I hated. I I hate rushed timelines for books. (laughs) And also, another shoe dropping for me was when Brendan's like, I'm gonna go sleep on the boat. Like, get your ass up, dude. Mm -hmm. What a fucking dick. Get your head out of your ass. She, she's allowed to have loopholes. He was mad at her for having like loopholes to fall back or to fall back on because they were only dating for four weeks, five weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been a bigger red flag if she was like, "I'm gonna be here forever, and we're gonna get married and have babies right now, and I will never think another independent thought." She was honest the whole time the whole time yeah and he very much like okay i it's kind of a similar of like you're gonna change your mind like i'm going to act like down the line you're gonna change your mind Mm -hmm. when it comes to like wanting a relationship if you're having a casual relationship and then one person actually wants it to be a relationship and then you operate on the fact that they are going to eventually change their mind when it's like you can't do that And, like, I think a lot of couples do that, too, when it comes to kids. Or, like, one person doesn't want to have kids, and then the other one does. And it's like, okay, but I think they're going to change their mind. So, and then they get disappointed when they don't. And it's like, dude. Yeah. Like, you can't act like, you can't operate on the assumption that I'm going to change my mind when I was telling you the entire time that that is not what I wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, um... This also showed in the same way when the whole time Brendan was like, I can never be just casual with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they hadn't, they had barely had one kiss and he was like, this can't be casual. Like, bro, if you're proposing like we are together forever within one kiss, Mm -hmm. I am out of there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that is a massive red flag. And I think that, for a lot of people reading this book, like Brendan shows like the, you know, the rough and rugged guy who knows what he wants and stuff like that. But I think if you try to look at it with too critical of an eye, as I was, mm-hmm. um, it was just like this 
horror story. <laughs> like, this is, yeah. This is Piper getting stuck. <laughs> I think I was one of, I was the person who was like pushing my critical thoughts to the side because I was like, no, I want to enjoy this like very handsome man who <laughs> is described very like well in spicy scenes and all that. Like, I enjoyed that. I thoroughly enjoyed that. But then when I thought too hard about it, it was like, mm, nope. And nope. don't get me wrong. Like, the smut was good. I, yeah. I understand why people like this book for that. Right. Totally understand. Can we talk Which about is the ass play and the way, like. So funny. That I love the way so that they funny. joked about everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. are we not going to talk about the finger? Yeah. <laughs> are we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was just so funny. I did, I did think that that was interesting because we don't see a lot of that in books. Uh-huh. You see a lot of, like, keeping it safe. But yeah. keeping it safe is usually pretty dry. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that romance authors don't branch out a lot, which is unrealistic because right. not everybody, you know, would have a smut scene the same exact way in right. real life. So why are you making it like this across an entire genre? <laughs> right. I did enjoy that. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I agree. And I like that they – that is one thing of like the hyper-masculine – he wasn't against mm-hmm. – putting the finger in his butt and i was like okay <laughs> i i do respect that because a lot we're of- gonna lose our ads our sponsorship Sorry. In this episode. <laughs> no no it's we're called hardcover hoes come on that's true that's true but i i because that is like something a lot of hyper masculine guys i think are afraid of because it's like mm-hmm. oh that's gay yeah and it's like no your Sorry, prostate's buddy. there like it's up there, bro. Like, yeah, like it's the same we're gay men and you. straight men. Yep, it's it's still there. It's just biology. I think like I I think like the fisherman thing maybe didn't do it for me. Okay, yeah. like they just smell fishy all day long. I think yeah. that you no know, matter how many showers you have. Also, yeah. like how they were like the the sea is gonna be his. Only longest his love. one true love. Blah, blah, blah. Like gag me with a spoon, <sighs> dude. Like that just doesn't do it for me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for like you love your profession and whatever, right? But mm-hmm. it was a little too much for me. He just okay. seemed very one dimensional. Yeah. Like I'm Fair. big boat catch crab. Right. And hopefully not catch the other kind of crab. <laughs> Lol. Uh, Uh, (laughs) but what i think i i think the book set me up very well for the next one that's going to be hannah and fox i'm probably calling it way too early but fox we know is a dick right because he's He's a player he's a playboy so from there we know he can only go up okay Makes in sense. my opinion, when we met Brendan, we thought, oh, he could be nice. And then I was like, oh, he's not getting any better. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's two very different tropes, I yeah. think. And the playboy and the girl, because like Hannah, she doesn't have Instagram. You know, yeah. she loves vinyls. She's very much a, I'm not, I'm like, not other like other girls. girls. Yeah. <laughs> Which usually I hate, but like, I think she seems really sweet and whatever. So like, it's going to be fine. But, um, that is, I think that's a really common trope with like fan fiction stuff, mm-hmm. and I like that. 
maybe that's just nostalgia talking but i, I like that too, trope. though i like yeah. that trope too like the yeah the playboy who can be with any girl he wants and then he meets this one not like other girls girl who just for some reason catches his attention and it's like i like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like it I agree. I'm it could, gonna it change. could stem from our Wattpad days, but it could. It's also the I'm gonna change for this girl. Like yeah. this girl changes me, which yeah. again, so unrealistic, right? And um, unhealthy. Oh yeah, toxic <laughs> as shit, dude. <laughs> but I'm excited because I think Fox is gonna be, and I think he will not be quite as hyper masculine as Brendan. I agree. I could see Fox doing a face mask with. Hannah, but I could yes. not see Brendan doing a face mask with Piper. I could see Brendan Unless doing a very specific. Sex. Yes, a oh, very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I was going. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think he was very sex motivated. I think for everything, the way he was like, "I want to spoil you," but then right after, we have to go to the bedroom. Yeah, it was like the I my like spoiling you makes my dick hard. Yeah, like it Which was. She like, said. Yeah, word for word. That was, a, that was a quote. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're definitely getting our sponsorship removed. From this it's fine. That's fine. Um, but I think above all, the thing that saved me from hating Brendan so much was the plot. And yeah. I think that's not something I would usually say about romance novels. It's usually the romance that saves the romance novel. Mm-hmm. But. It was the story for me because I just loved Piper's character progression, her growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved the way that she wasn't staying in Washington necessarily for Brendan. She took up roots. And even if Brendan wanted to think it was like he made her stay in a way, right. you know, she made friends. She reunited and technically united with her grandmother. Right. Uh, and got her grandmother out of the house and showed her grandmother like what beauty can be on in the outside world. Right. And helped with Abe and like really made a name for herself in a different way than she's used to in Washington, which I think for me, I loved because I was like, this is a great like anti-hero. Is that what that's called? Kind of possibly. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> I haven't had to know what Arch- that archetype. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Words. You know, I wasn't an English major, so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. pretend I was. I just like book, buy book, read book, cry about book. Um, yes. But I think that I really loved how Piper brought the story together in more than just a romance novel. I also like she didn't change. Like yeah. it was just the fact that she no, no, no. It was like, it wasn't so much a character progression. It was she was put in a different environment. And like, mm-hmm. that was already part of her personality. You're right. To connect with those people. Like, there weren't like, she was like, oh, maybe I could like, connect with people. It was so natural for her yeah. to just do that. And it was, she was just put in a different environment. And so those things that were already a part of her were able to flourish. And yes. so I liked that. It wasn't like she had to learn how to be a character, like a caring person. Yeah. Like she always was. And people like like her. And and I like that people liked her. Yeah. Because, and I think the whole fucking town was more open to getting to know Piper than Brendan was in the beginning, to be completely honest with you. Like the the bar scene where Piper takes Opal to a bar and it's the first time Opal's been out in like 20 something years, right? Right. 
And every single woman at the bar is like buying her shots to ask beauty advice. And like, mm-hmm. no one is judging her at all. Yeah. She was just immediately welcomed in with open arms. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Not I also bad. think that that scene was funny because when she sees Brendan and she's saying how he was the best, best, best sex of her life. Yeah. In front of everybody. And then he's like, well, I'm glad the whole, the whole town got to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, that takes care of that jealousy because everyone out, was watching dude, her. I did not like him at all. He just gave <laughs> me the ick at every corner. And I think to, in that regard, I was a little disappointed that, like, we got to see Piper have this amazing, beautiful story, and then it was like Brendan, <laughs> so she ends up with. I think also oh we were supposed to feel some type of way because he didn't have sex with her while she was plastered. Oh, like yeah, that was big, wasn't it? Like it was supposed to be this monumental moment. He was like, "Wow, this is a real gentleman," and it's mm-hmm. like, mm, "No, maybe that's just the bare minimum." We that's just be. how consent works. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think Tessa Bailey was trying to push, like, he's brooding and he's burly, but he's also responsible and... uh, A gentleman in the most classic sense. And then a freak in the sheets kind of thing. And I was like, "Mm, see, you tried, but maybe slightly did not Mm. understand the assignment. Yeah. Yeah, maybe slightly. Sorry, Tessa Bailey. I liked the story. I just didn't like Brendan. Yeah. (laughs) Which is disappointing. Um, do you have any final remarks? I don't think we addressed Henry. I it's almost just... just said who's Henry, but you're right. <laughs> yes. Like, so their dad, <laughs> Piper and Hannah's dad. Yeah. Like, I wish we kind of had a little more mm-hmm. on her connecting with her dad and her dad's roots and her dad's role in the town. Um, I think that would have been kind of nice. But again, I think that just was not the point of the book yeah so that's fine but i think because i was living for the plot i also would have liked a little more right insight because also we never really got any real information about like maureen their mom right i thought we were gonna get way more insight into why like what was so painful about the death like obviously i know the death is painful but you get what i'm saying like in that moment i thought we were gonna hear more about them leaving and abandoning the city the town and opal and everything like that because that's hella selfish like i know also hella selfish also hella selfish like to like keep the grandmother the knowledge of having a grandmother like it's one thing to leave but like the fact that she like disconnected them the kids in the grant like that was that's mm, not your decision no that was messed up it on bad terms it was like someone died <laughs> yeah they and deserved I think another grandma yeah even if they did end on bad like even if after that they ended on bad terms like they were mad at each other it's like you still like oh you have a grandma and i'm not going to talk to her but here's her contact information if so you want to yeah. exactly yeah, no, I, I I definitely, Jesus stutter, um, <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think that I also would have liked to see more of Opal. And I'm kind of hoping that we do in the next book. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, I think there was, there were a few plot holes that I would have liked filled in <laughs> a little more concretely. But again, I just don't think 
these books yeah. are here for the plot. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and that that's not a bad thing. They're just like that's just not yeah. the assignment. It's not fiction. It is yeah. romance. Uh, I know. I think I was looking for too much. But it's because they set it up for a lot. And I yeah. was interested. It's like there's potential. <laughs> there is potential for good plot and good character development and all of that. And there yeah. was good character development, but I think that it did fall short on, like, telling the rest of the story. But yeah. I guess perhaps I'll eat my words in the next story. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe there will be more of what we're looking for and more of a story progression in the I next book. I think that's a big maybe. Yes. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Before we head into ratings and such, do we want to a brief, like, what's up high on our TBR next up for us? Um, yeah, I would say soon. I mean, I'm currently reading Rule of Wolves at the right. moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll be rele- we'll be revealing the next book we're going to read in the- at the end. So right. I'm not going to say that one yet, but I'm right. also going to read that this week. What about you? I want to be getting into... Um, Dark Academia Fall, Fantasy Let's go. Fall. Read Ninth House. Read I know. Ninth House. Please. I'm staring at it. I'm staring at it's it on so my bookshelf. Good. It's so good. I know. I also I really need to get into Throne of Glass. I'm ready. I if I you are. Yes. I want the first to one. I want to know the love that is Rowan Whitethorn. And that is something that TikTok has spoiled for me, which is fine. They spoiled um, it for me too. He's the one yeah. with the white hair, huh? He is. He okay. is. He's I don't the, want to know anything else. Okay, he's the one love interest that is not dark-haired and brooding. I think he's still brooding, but I think he just doesn't have brunette hair. And usually I only like the love interests with dark hair. That's fine. I know, it was hard for me to to slowly start to love Nikolai in the the Grishaverse. He's blonde, and that's just not it for me, but (laughs) I love his character more than anything else in why? the entire series. Okay, why is it though with like the stereotypical handsome man is like blonde hair, blue eyes, I guess, mm-hmm. in a lot of western stuff and then everyone who reads books and loves their book boyfriends only dark hair. Like that is such a trend of like oh, I want the morally gray, dark-haired, handsome man. I don't know, but I'm here for it because usually it, yeah. blonde guys with blue eyes are white men. And yeah, I think that more, Fair. more uh, people of color who read can see themselves in the love interests. Fair. Yes, you I know? love that. In a, a morally gray, dark-haired, and not very detailedly described. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of wiggle room for also for fan casts and stuff like that, which I think is amazing because... I love... Are you, it. are you also loving the fan cast stuff for the bat boys from akatar i know that they're filming yes the hulu show yes so i no longer want to look at fan cast because it's just going to disappoint me i think yeah i think it's going to be really disappointing to see yeah. who they actually casted but i've been loving because it's like okay what if we do east asian what if we do south oh, asian oh, that one was so good i sent you that one I picked, yes right? you did that oh, was amazing my god i was like yes i could see every single one of them yes 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 yes, yes. please don't make reese a white man, please. That's I all I ask. Cry. I will yeah. cry. Somebody was saying. I remember texting you when somebody was saying that Ian Summerholder should be no resand, and I was like, no, no, absolutely not. First of all, never found him attractive. 
Sorry to everybody who did. Second of all, he's like 40. Yeah. (laughs) And Reese is supposed to at least look young. And Farrah's supposed to be fucking 18 or 19 years old. So please don't don't do that. (laughs) I'm begging you. Please don't make it weird. Yeah. Like if. Yeah. Just no. Don't make him white and don't make him old. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I ask. Please. Um, I'm ready to dive back into like fantasy, I think. Yeah, like I'm already in the Grishaverse kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm itching for something next. I'm not sure what that itch is gonna mm-hmm. <laughs> be scratched by, but I'm also kind of wanting to reread Hank Green's duology again. I think it's uh, just time, and you haven't read it, so I know maybe I'm gonna pull my power as half a producer soon to make that a book we cover. Okay, <laughs> and then okay. you can pull your power and pick another one. <laughs> Okay, I like that. <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely ready. It's fantasy season. I'm I'm but I think the way I'm doing it is between series I'm reading romance. <laughs> just to lighten it up. Yeah, to cleanse to, the palate. Cleanse exactly yeah. <laughs> to cleanse the palate before the next high fantasy world that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It appears we have reached the part of the episode where the two of us come up with a final overall rating. Things are set to a five star scale and will be averaged out between the two of us at the end. You can go ahead and go first, Sammy. All right. I'm going to stick with my previous rating from the original uh, recording, and I'm going to go with 3.5. I'm actually thinking about adjusting mine, to be I honest. thought you might. I, I yeah, you I, might. I had some, <laughs> some self-reflection overnight uh-huh. after our discussion, and I was like, do I really think it's a four? Mm, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think as much as I hate Brendan, I don't think I can – in good conscience, give this book a four. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and also go 3.5, okay. which I'm bad at math, but that means that it's an overall 3.5, <laughs> right? I think so. <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> I'm not 100% confident, but I think so. Well, uh, tell us, email me if I'm wrong, okay? <laughs> no, that there's no way it could. No, it's definitely 3.5. We're That's embarrassing. It's definitely 3.5. Okay, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today's episode. Before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. There are so many different ways to spend your time these days, and we are extremely thankful that you've chosen to allocate some of your time with the two of us. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com and we will be sure to get back to you, hopefully. I just emailed somebody back today uh, that emailed us a month ago. I'm sorry. Shout out to Leah, I believe is how her name is pronounced. She gave us the nicest email ever and I read it and I forgot to respond. So I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Feel free to also recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstad. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed listening... Shit. If you enjoyed this... (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to-be-read list is November 9th by Colleen Hoover. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.